Hey guys, just giving a quick content warning before you start listening to this podcast. This is about superheroes, so you might be of any age, because superheroes are for people of all ages. But we gave the world access to asking whatever random question about superheroes you can think of. So, the truth is people are perverts. While never dealing with anything explicit in this, there will be swearing in this podcast. There will be occasional anatomy discussions. Uh, sex is a thing that exists in the world of this podcast, even if we're not telling you the down and dirty. So if that's not going to be your thing, that's okay. If it is going to be your thing, you'll probably enjoy yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. And we're back with more Word Balloons. We've been flying high on our own hot air, but stopped in because we are at the end of our journey. This journey's end being the end of season one where we were trying to get our shit together. Yep. Uh, this is... Com- you. My favorite part of recording this is watching us how it's evolved. Like, most podcasts think through their shit. We just were like, well, press play. Oh, no. And as such... This episode might end up being a little bit longer just because Zach has to make up for the five characters it's time he missed. for the redemption round! And it's going to be different than all of our seasons going forward because I'm going to put even more work into just making this shit as corny as fucking possible with just the worst fucking scripts. But, I love it. I'm so excited. Uh, but for this time around, what we have is Zach's redemptions uh, over the course of being asked about 12 different characters, he missed five. The uh, Real quick, let's get the ones I got correct. Correct, you got Nimbus. Yep. You got Killer Moth. Yes. You got Clock King. Yep. You got Onomatopoeia. Yes. You got the Demon. Mm-hmm. You got Ambush Bug. Mm-hmm. And you got Captain Nazi. Yeah, that's... I, I did the math on this. My goal is to try and always be 50% or above. Like, because it's already weird that I know some of these characters. I think this one topped out at, like, 59 and some change. And my goal is to not completely stump you, but, <laughs> you know, I kind of gave it a little bit of a go with this couple with a of, few these. of these. No, they were good. I love it. Uh, so I get, let's go in order. I think you screwed up on Puff Adder Puff first. Adder for, uh, now, Puff Adder... We, I did know that he was created by Mark Grunewald, and I did know that he was a member of the various serpent groups. Uh, he was created by Mark Grunewald and Tom Morgan, first appearing in Captain America 337, which came out in January of 1988. So, seven months before I was born. Um, also, real quick, I am not pulling these ones entirely out of my butt, because I'm trying to make sure I actually give you good information. He first appears as a member of the Serpent Squad, trying to join the Serpent Society, because it wasn't confusing enough. Uh, They were trying to, I believe, rob a mall to prove that they were good enough to join Serpent Society. They were confronted by Captain America and all of his sidekicks of the time, which would have been the Falcon, Nomad, who was a version of Bucky from the 50s, who went mad, became less mad, and became kind of a prototype Winter Soldier, like, wander around, use guns, yada yada. Uh, And D-Man, who is amazing because he is a super-powered wrestler slash homeless man. Wow, that's a combo. I D-Man. Which is a terrible name, also. And his costume is a mix between Wolverine and, like, the yellow and red uh, 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 Daredevil costume. Uh, Okay. Yeah, just roll with it. 
He came out as gay recently. I like T-Man. Anyways, um, Puff Adder's real name is Gordon Gordo Fraley. He is a mutant with the power with limited uh, strength and the power to puff himself up and like poop like pufferfish style, or I guess puff adders. I don't know. Can puff adders actually do puff? that? Yeah, they I don't might like be able... snakes much. So like I I've never, you know, with the name puff adder, I'm going to assume they can puff in some way. My question is, do they pass? Probably, yeah. Uh, and then, thanks to his costume, he had the ability to project noxious gas out of the cowl, like kind of, like, I guess, teeth-like mm, or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is a weird sound to make. Um, he, no, I think they got it. It's he gas. joins, uh, actually, as a double agent for Viper, Lady Viper, uh, Madam Hydra. Green hair, fights Captain America a lot, fights Nick Fury a lot. He's actually a really strong character who fucks over the super... Serpent Society constantly uh, overthrows Sidewinder, tries to, I believe, take control of the president. I don't know if it's take control or murder. It's Madame Hydra, so it's probably murder. Um, And end up being foiled by Captain America and the members of the Serpent Society that remained loyal to the not-Viper lead. Sidewinder, I think they just said it was. Uh, As I mentioned before, the Serpent Society are largely muscle for Captain America to fight through when he's fighting Hydra or Red Skull or Crossbones or whoever. Uh, The only other real notable time is during uh, Infinity Crisis. Not Infinity Crisis, sorry. Infinity Gauntlet. Infinity Crisis is a completely different DC event. And during Infinity Gauntlet, uh, Dr. Octopus creates a evil super team including Puff Adder, and they attempt to take over Avengers Mansion, and they're beaten back by the Guardians of the Galaxy, but the, like, far future Major Vance Astro, Charlie 27, like, okay. freedom fighters, not Rocket, Raccoon, and yada, yada, yada. And not, like, sliced alone and... Yeah, not okay. that. Uh, Masters of Evil is the name of that super team that mm. I am trying to think of. Oh, uh, and I think that's what I got for Puff Adder, because that's way more attention than he has ever deserved in his life. <laughs> so next, after yes. that, if we're going in order, Blue Snowman. Blue Snowman, I actually had read a comic with her, but only in, like, very much passing. Blue Snowman was created by William Moulton Marston and first appeared in Sensation Comics number 59 in November of 1946. Uh, she was a enemy of Wonder Woman. Her real name is... Berna Brilliant. Wow, saying that out loud is really infuriating. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, uh, B-R-I-L-Y-A-N-T. Her father had created a machine that created the magic of blue snow, which would freeze whatever it touched instantaneously. He created this for the betterment of mankind. How this helps mankind is never once mentioned. You, um rebuilt the ice caps this was the 40s they hadn't realized that these days great um (laughs) watch out where the huskies go don't you eat that blue snow doesn't have the same jingle no it's weird um she makes a robot suit out of it or possibly he made a robot suit this part was not entirely clear uh there have been various looks for this over the years but more often than not it has a bowler hat and a corn cob pipe still which is perfection. 
It is absolute perfection in comic book design, and I will stand by it forever. And pretending she's a man, originally known as just the snowman, uh, she threatens farms, saying, give me your life savings or I will freeze your farm, creating, you know, famine and yada, yada, yada. Wonder Woman ends up tracking what she thinks is him down to his mountain fortress because apparently ripping off poor farmers in the Rust Belt is enough to get you a supervillain fortress. Um, she beats up Blue Snowman, still at the time known as Snowman, uh, realizes that it's a woman and for, I'm not sure why that part's important, but whatever, and forces her to unfreeze everything, which doesn't really erase the fucking famine she's already inevitably created. <laughs> really, she's a war criminal. Like, th this is like treated, that's awful. So many people are dying if you are freezing. Yeah. This is before wildly imported stuff. She later appears and joins Villainy Inc., which was an all-female Wonder Woman villain team. And her last appearance is only important... Be Not last appearance, but her like next big important appearance is because she dies. Vartox, who is a Superman villain based off Zardoz. Oh, shit. That exists? Uh, yes, and it's bad decides to woo Power Girl. Okay. It was a running story in the Amanda Kana Power Girl series. It was pretty good because she's like... I understand that, so... She's like, I've got Zartox. Like, I can use... Are you... You'll really let me use him? They're like, yeah, sure, whatever. And she's like, okay. Um, and uh, she's being fought by Power Girl and Dr. Midnight. And then Zartox shows up to trying to impress Power Girl with his giant alien bug... Who eats blue snowman? Oh. Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> she just fought her for a bug. Not even like real purpose. Yeah, that's it. They have other stuff with her later, but it's um, really unimportant. Okay. Like a few people are like, oh, look, you know, we need a like background collage of super of Wonder Woman villains. Let's include blue snowman because it's blue robot armor in there yeah. with a bowler hat. Like that's how is that not perfect? <laughs> Um, but yeah, she is eaten by Zardoz's pet bug. You reap what you sow. Apparently. You know what, I have... Fuck over farmers, you get eaten by a bug. I have absolutely no sympathy for Blue Snowman <laughs> when you look at, like, actually what she was doing. That's legitimately bad. Uh, that's all amazing. I had even, like, I'm the one that looked her up and brought her to the table, and I don't think I caught all that, so that is <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Um, this is the one where I felt like I was being the meanest to you. Oh, this is this season. so good. Uh, Snowflame. So, Snowflame only appeared in a single comic book ever in New Guardians, which I only know about because I bought all of it for a dollar. That's 14 issues for a dollar at a used comic book store when I was a kid. Read it and went, this is not very good. <laughs> um, as I mentioned in the issue... Uh, New Guardians was an attempt to deal with modern problems that were going on at the time. This is also early 90s. So the modern problems was they gave half the characters AIDS and they fought cocaine cartels, drug cartels. Yeah. Uh, Snowflame was the head of his own drug cartel. He has... I don't even know how to describe his costume. It's red with like white spiky bits and like white flame coming off him. And what looks like a bird pooped on his eyes. 
It's also a turtleneck for some reason. And a turtleneck with no sleeves? Yeah, like if you... But also, like, if you cut the cut the arms down, like it was a gym shirt, too. Uh, he was created by Steve Englehart and Carrie Bates, which is way too good of a creative team for New Guardians. Like, I don't know why it went so wrong, but... But it did. It did. Now, I am going to give you a quote from Snowflame, because the moment I saw him, I went, Oh my god, it's the cocaine villain! It is uh, the cocaine villain. Uh, I don't know if he actually has powers. I think he's just a drug dealer. He might have, like, flame-based powers. Uh, it doesn't matter. The literal only important thing about Snowflame is this quote. I am Snowflame. Every cell of my being burns with white-hot ecstasy. Cocaine is my god, and I am the human instrument of its will. Uh, in that issue, they take on the new Guardians. The new Guardians blow up his compound and throw him in a chemical shed, which explodes, killing him. The In New Guardians number three, the cartel attacks trying to get a revenge for killing his bo- their boss. That's it. That's everything there is on Snowflame. So, I want him to come back so badly. I was going to say... Um... On one of the the fandom wikis, they do list him as having powers. He gains superpowers upon snorting cocaine. Uh, Super strength, super speed, immunity to pain, pyrokinesis, and cocaine contact highs, in which Floronic Man actually suffers one after touching him. That's right, because this is the comic where Floronic Man, the guy who created Poison Ivy and, like, went mad cutting up and eating parts of Swamp Thing... Decided to become floral and become a good guy. And I read everything in that voice. Floral. That's really. Floral will come save you. Floral is riding on waves now. <laughs> like, that's. No, that's pretty much how I imagine Floronic Man in general, not yeah, even in the as best floral. of days. Like, yeah. <laughs> Do you think the pyrokinesis is just because he's just, he's just so high on coke? Just that the right so idea? I mean, like, yeah, there's literally coke. Why high? I don't like why fire. I don't know, but it seems oh, to be wait, like he's just moving. He's got energy, baby. It's yeah. cocaine fire, really. Yeah, Snowflame is perfect, and I will hear no arguments against him. Uh, the best part of though on on this wiki that I'm looking at is they list his weaknesses as having a drug addiction to cocaine. I mean, yeah, he's high as a kite. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'd say his biggest weakness is not having enough cocaine. But also that he's addicted to cocaine. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so after the cocaine supervillain, we had Ibok. So, Ibok is literally Satan's Captain Marvel. Uh, when we say Captain Marvel, we do mean Billy Batson Shazam Captain Marvel. I'm just using the yeah. name. Uh, he first appears in now, Captain Marvel. You did bring up demons and shit, but we both agreed off air that you didn't know. I was not correct. I was thinking of a villain from Denny O'Neill's Azrael run, the the Nightfall Batman guy. Mm -hmm. So great villain, but definitely not this one. Um, He first appeared in Captain Marvel Adventures number eight from 1942. Uh, He was created by Otto Binder and C.C. Beck. His real name is Stanley Stinky Printwhistle. Because much like Snowflame, but in the complete opposite direction, the old school Captain Marvel comic books are perfect in every way, shape, and form. Yeah. Except I'm sure there's some just crazy racism in them. But that's... 100% there is. <laughs> um, but other than that, they're perfect in every way, shape, and form. 
He is a villain who was beat... He tried to blow up a bridge. Why is not really explained. He's thrown off the bridge when Captain Marvel stops this and is rescued by Lucifer. Lucifer is like, what if... What do you think of the idea of the ability to kill Captain Marvel in my name? And he goes, I think that sounds great. Uh, so if he repeats the magic word, Ibok, or Ibak, I don't know, it's I-B-A-C. Right. He becomes a big muscly guy with what looks like black leather pants and nothing else and fights Captain Marvel. Uh, Captain Marvel has various Roman and biblical characters that give him his powers, Ibok is uh, the foremost evil men in history. Specifically, Ivan the Terrible, who supplies terror. Which I think is supposed to be his stamina. Uh, Caesar Borgia, who gives Ibok the ability of cunning. Uh, also invulnerability. Uh, Attila the Hun, who gifts him with his fierceness. Which is the super strength. And Caligula, the sponsor of cruelty. Which that just hits. makes him an asshole. Yeah, he's um, an asshole. He's an asshole. Uh, when he transforms instead of lightning, it is mystical green fire and brimstone. That's, uh, he's a member of the Monster Society of Evil, which was, if you were a Captain Marvel villain, you were a member of the Monster Society of Evil. It just happened. I mean, even Black Adam, Mr. Mind, I think even Captain Nazi. It's a great name. It's probably my favorite name for a supervillain team. Not one that I'd ever, like, want in a serious story, but... It's so dumb, and yet it's such a, like, weirdly super-powered team at the same time. There's a couple characters that are on Superman-level strength in the Monster Society of Evil. Like, they can... They would wipe the floor with most versions of the Injustice League or the Secret Society of Supervillains. Hmm. Um, Ibok has not done much in a long time because, for some reason, Satanist Captain Marvel doesn't appeal to people. It should. <laughs> it should. <laughs> Like, you went through the 80s Grimdark era and didn't find ways to use Ibok in really significant... Man, you had done fucked up. I've... T the name's dumb, though. That's the problem. Oh, yeah! It's... And it's only four, and it's, like, it's Ivan the Terrible. <laughs> I mean... No, fine, whatever. Sell a soul to a demon. Like, there's shit you could do with it. But just the words, Satanist Captain Marvel. That's what should work. During the D&D &D Satanic Panic, and you guys didn't think of this... Missed opportunities, guys. Come on. Come on. Anyway. Uh, he has appeared as recently as um, uh, the New 52, where he was a villain of Captain of Black Adam. Mm. And he was a tyrant way, way back in the past that Black Adam overthrows. So really, they just took the name Ibok and had the idea of like evil superpowers, which, fine, whatever. Yeah. Uh, less interesting, but... So that explains a lot of the things that they grimdarked up in the new 52. So maybe we end up seeing the rock punch Ibok in the face. Mm. I like that. Who are we casting for Ibok in this if we are casting Rock? That big football player that was in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and played the Juggernaut in uh, uh, x Vinny Jones. Yes. yes. Vinny Jones is who I want to play Ibok. Yeah, I'm down with that. He's also in the cape. That's right. I love the cape. Uh, he owes it. It's he, bad. It's bad. But <laughs> it's it's good and weird. Uh, but he he's an interesting guy. He owns. He held a couple of records, if I remember correctly, for football of like being one of the fastest yellow cards in history. 
Um, <laughs> I, and I don't know if it's the same incident, but I think he also picked up a person by their testicles and threw them out <laughs> of the uh, Yeah, it pitch. makes sense he's not playing football anymore. Well, right? That tracks. <laughs> um, when I think of the Sphinx from Gone in 60 Seconds, that's what I think of. Oh, yeah! I love that movie for no good reason. Oh, yeah. None. Well, Eccleston. Yeah. Christopher Eccleston was in... He's the villain. Yeah. Raymond Kalitri. I have not watched that movie in a long time. Raymond Kalitri. The butcher? Or like he's got some sort of like colloquial name. I yeah, I don't remember it what it is, but I remember matter. him doing his woodworking. Yes. All right. But before we get too far into Gone in 60 Seconds, uh, our last character is the dummy, correct? <laughs> yep, dummy. Okay. So, Dummy, not being Scarface and Ventriloquist, not being Ragdoll, or not even being Danny the Dummy, who was a Batman villain, who I learned about about ten minutes ago. I'm going to be real honest with you here. The Dummy was created by Mort Weisinger and Mort Meskin, which is the Mort and Mort creative team. I don't know if they were good, but I want them to be. First appearing in Leading Comics number one. He was a villain of the Golden Age Vigilante, who just dressed like a cowboy and fought crime. The only interesting thing about that version of the Vigilante is that Nathan Fillion voice acts him in Justice League Unlimited. Yes. And he hangs out with Shining Knight, and it, they just do, like, buddy cop episodes of Shining Knight and the Vigilante. I need to watch Justice League Unlimited? Justice League Unlimited is amazing. It's legitimately excellent. But the dummy <laughs> is a skilled inventor. That's kind of it. His real name is never really given. It's not even clear if he's just a very short person or an actual moving wooden dummy. I kind of had to choose the dummy after we talked about Ventriloquist and Scarface. Oh, no, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, the only real notable thing about him is he is involved in the very first appearance of the Seven Soldiers of Victory, which is another one that is a team that has a really great name. They're a DC team I love a lot. But mostly because they're weird. They're really strange. Yep. I never read the original one, but I read that Morrison. Um, I read the Morrison one, and I've read a big Justice League JSA crossover that mm. they're involved in that reveals that they were a great super team that everyone forgot about. But they also, they have a lot of characters I like. They have Vigilante, they have Shining Knight, they have the Crimson Avenger. Oh my god, Legends of Tomorrow needs to do Seven Soldiers of Victory. Yeah, okay, that that's absolutely it. Uh, that's the perfect. Anyway, sorry. I just uh, oh, it's perfect. Somebody hope, out there hear this. Just with vigilante, we don't need to ever use or reference stuff the Chinatown kid ever again, who was his sidekick. Because there was a real run of bad sidekicks there for a while. Um, vigilante is later broken out of prison with the help of his companion Bobo. That. I am bringing up just because I wanted to mention that he had a sidekick named Bobo. Is when I hear the name Bobo, I immediately think a monkey. Same, ditto. Is no, it's just a big dude. That I, would have been my second guess. I assume that he I has like reason. a bowler's hat and a stripey shirt. I don't know, but like, I'd be disappointed if he did not. I for some reason thought of a streetwise youth. Oh, see, yeah, my second guess was something like a. Uh, Looking like a kingpin in Spider-Verse, except more of a gray suit with dark Ooh, pinstripes. I'd accept that. That just kind of sounds like a... Newsy street urchin. That just kind of sounds mm. like The Goon, which is a great comic if you've Ooh, never read the it. Goon. Um, their, their plot of crime here, of Bobo and the dummy and Bobo, is that Bobo <laughs> mailed the dummy to a jewel store 
And they were like, look at this weird dummy. And he sat up and Trent gassed them. I somehow now wonder how the dummy and Bobo haven't appeared in the Arrowverse, to be honest. And just did, to say the dummy and Bobo did not appear again. Like that, that, that not only well, they appeared again, but that was their last thing really worth mentioning. He later teams up with someone named Flipper. I don't know. I just know he teams up with Flipper. Uh, he tried to fight the seven soldiers of victory on his own, which obviously went really badly because he's just a little dude. <laughs> I gotta come back to the the jewel heist thing of mailing them ma- mailing themselves there, um, only to trank gas them. You're a dummy. Yeah. Just like hang out until they close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bobo couldn't wait that long. He had to go. I mean, I wouldn't rush Bobo, but it just doesn't make any sense. His he later kind of gets adopted by the. Uh, Monster Society of Evil and becomes a Captain Marvel villain because because no everybody ends up in the Monster Society anymore. of yeah. Evil apparently. Uh, and in DC I... Rebirth, which is really great, admittedly, they give him a new version. Uh, Mister Mind describes him as a Victorian man who was turned into a wooden dummy by a wizard's curse and was imprisoned in a location in the Magic Lands called the Monster Lands, following a fight with the heroes of yesterday. I kind of love everything you just said. Uh, Dummy introduces himself as Exile 413 and directs Mr. Mind and Dr. Savannah to a boat that would take them to the Dungeon of Eternity. Later on in this story, Superboy Prime from Infinite Crisis also comes up. I am pretty sure this is from the Shazam series that Jeff Johns has been writing, which uh, I have not paid too much attention to because it runs an average of six months late, an issue, but is supposed to be absolutely incredible. Gotcha. I... This makes me want to read it a lot, a lot yeah. more. This yeah. all sounds uh, Shazam Volume insane, three. basically. Oh my god! Oh, I'm so excited, and I'm pretty sure Dale Eaglesham does the art for that, and Dale Eaglesham is a fantastic artist. Okay, I'm way more interested in that than a lot of other things that were I was interested in previously. When I first so. was reading that stuff, I was like, no, he's perfect. Why would you change him? And then I read that and was like, oh, okay, yeah. Just, that's why. I still You still need to have a sidekick named Bobo. That's the important part. Yep. Bobo. <laughs> oh, Bobo. Definitely would keep him grounded. Mm, yeah. So that's our first season of Word Balloons. I was going to say, that's it for today, folks. Uh, but next season... We will be heading not to just the end of a season, but our trip will take us to a location. Uh, Zach, where are we going to be heading? We will be traveling to the fictional land of Azeroth. Azeroth is... Do you want me to explain this now, or do we say that when we pop up? Give them a hint. What is it? Yeah, tell us. Tell us what Azeroth, Azeroth is. Azeroth is the fictional land. You, If you recognize the name, it's because whenever Raven's doing a spell in the T-Titans cartoon, she goes, Azeroth Metrion Zinthos, or whatever. Um, Azeroth is the land where Raven was raised. It's an alternate dimension. Because Raven is the daughter of Trigon, who is a, like, Satan. She's Satan, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after her mother was abducted into this cult, had Satan baby, ran away once she realized that, you know, Satan... She's Rosemary's baby. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and taken to the land of Azeroth, where she's trained to be a weapon against Trigon, but is taught that she must never express any kind of emotion to, to try to keep the evil away. And it doesn't work for shit, because it means that she's super weak to any kind of um, 
emotion. Like, she doesn't yeah. know how to deal with it, and so if there's any kind of emotional attack, too, she just falls apart. So, uh, on our journey to Azeroth, we will be talking about teen characters from DC Comics. Hopefully we'll meet them all there, but who knows, maybe Zach will forget a couple. So before we go, please hit subscribe so you can hear as we take that journey and are way more together than we have been this season, because now we kind of know what we're doing. Hey, we've learned a thing. And We've learned like ten things. Uh, check out all of our sister shows over at earvrm.com. That's E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Uh, other ways to get in touch with us and follow us will be in the show notes. As always, we want to give a special thanks to our editor, Stephen Gady. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Hi. Thanks for making this possible once again. I try my best. And until next time, I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. Bye. Hey there, listener. This is your editor and stowaway, Stephen. Wanted to give a very special thank you to Ian Ford for letting us use their song Tracks as our theme song. To hear more of their music, you can check them out on SoundCloud.